Hey there, I'm so excited that you're here today. And today I got a favor to ask of you. If you appreciate my videos, if they're ministering to you, would you please like and subscribe them? That would really help me out. So yeah, this is Vision Eternity Ministries. My name is Lee Klein. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you are here and that you have so much to say. And that is your will. It is so exciting for you to bless us. You want us to know what you're thinking. You want us to be ready, to be ready for when you're coming and you are coming and you're calling us to be that bride without spot or wrinkle. And only you can get us to that place, Lord. We thank you for teaching us, for showing us, telling us things to come. We love you and praise you in your name. So have you ever like just not heard God all of a sudden? He just got so quiet. He got so quiet and you just couldn't figure out what happened. You were fellowshipping and things are going really well. And then all of a sudden he's so quiet. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because you disregarded his command. Just like in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, he's telling us things to come. He's telling us his way through the scriptures. He said, not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. So he's telling us we have to do his will in our everyday life. He said, many are going to say, but Lord, we did this and we did that. And you know what? When you get to that place where you're saying, but Lord, I did this and I did that on that day, it's really a place where you were on your own because you didn't hear him anymore. And you were guessing, oh, I guess I'll do this. I don't hear him say anything. The door opened. Lots of people say he opens the door for me. And a lot of times that's the enemy opening the door for you so you don't obey God. And so it starts out, you have to do his will. And if you're not doing his will, you're going to be off on your own because you really don't hear him. And then in verse 23, he said, and I'm going to say, I didn't know you, you who practice lawlessness. And so really then, what were we doing if we didn't hear God and we didn't pursue as to find out why we're not hearing God? But we just went ahead and just did what we thought we should do and lived our whole life that way on that day. We're going to be in trouble. We're going to be so surprised. We're going to be, but Lord, I seriously thought I was serving you all my life. And you're going to find out you weren't. And so you want to make sure you're doing his will. If he gets quiet, you want to seek him. Seek him till you find him. And he's willing and able and wanting and exciting excited to correct you because it is it is in his will that any should perish. And many will perish because they're not doing his will. Even though you don't know you're not doing his will, that's why you got to keep on seeking and keep knocking until he opens that door. And you will find out that when you seek him, he's going to tell you what you missed. James says, if you break one law, you break all the law. So even if you missed one thing he said, in his kingdom, you break all the law. And he can't change his way, his kingdom principles, just for one of us. He treats us all the same. And so what we have to do is seek him, his way of doing and being right. And then we're going to be walking in his kingdom. And then he's not going to say, I didn't know you. Because then you're going to be fellowshipping with him. He's going to correct you. He's going to tell you what to do. And then you do it. And then you're right with him and he's not quiet. And sometimes he's just like semi-quiet. 
because he knows what he asks you to do. You don't want to do. You're not really ready to do it. And so he he prompts you um, several times. He keeps prompting you. And then you got to get to that place where you say, okay, um, I'm going to do it. I, I was telling the story in one of my articles. So I got this wash machine and um, it's a new wash machine. And the old one, I never listened to it. It always said, okay, now it's time to clean your washer. And it really didn't last that long. And it got pretty grubby. It was a front load. And so this washing machine did the same thing. In the middle of my article, he said, go downstairs and do a load of laundry. So I went down there and the machine said that it was time to clean, time to clean it, to do the self-cleaning cycle. And I thought, well, I'm just going to do one more load. And he said, yeah. He said, that's what, how you treat me. You hear me, you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Then, then we wonder why he's not doing our stuff. Why isn't his prayer answered? Why didn't you do this, Lord? Because if you don't do his stuff, he's not going to do your stuff. That's just the way it is. You have to obey him in order for him to do what you're expecting him to do. Because the thing is, is he gives you direction and it's according to that direction is the thing that you're actually asking for. It's the answer. Because he's really like moving you into his kingdom where you can have all his blessings. When my son was born, I'm like, Lord, how come I'm not seeing the manifestation of my son's healing? And he said, you got to learn to live your life my way and move all the way into my kingdom. And then you can have all these blessings instead of, I'm not going to just give you a little taste. I want you to have all my blessings. So in order to have his blessings, we have to obey him. And really, if you read in James, I was noticing that just this morning, that's our faith action. So James 2, for whoever keeps the law as a whole but stumbles and offends in one single instance has become guilty of breaking all of it. And, it, it, and then verse 11, for who said you shall not commit adultery also said you should not kill. If you do not commit adultery, but you kill, you have become guilty of transgressing all the law. So speak and act as people should who are to be judged under the law of liberty, the moral instruction given by Christ, especially about love. Love is the most important command. And so many, you know, so many people miss it right there. They're unwilling to forgive or they do their version of forgiving. And that is, I'm going to forgive, but I won't forget. They still hold a grudge. They don't go to Jesus and get set free. The only way you can forgive is to go to Jesus, get on your knees and say, I'm going to forgive because you told me to. And in that forgiveness, what he's going to do is heal you of that pain. That happened. Why? And that's why you're in that unforgiveness. Because you're in pain. You haven't been healed. And so you got to go to him to get healed. So I'm back on track here. Verse 13, for to him who has shown no mercy in judgment will be merciless. And for him, for, but mercy, full of glad confidence, exalts victoriously over judgment. So 14, what is the use of profit, my brethren, for anyone to profess to have faith if he has no good works to show for it? Can such faith save his soul? If a brother or sister is poorly 
poorly clad in lax food for each day. And one of you says to him goodbye, keep yourself warm and well-fed without giving him the necessities for the body. What good does that do? So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up, is itself is destitute of power and operative and debt. And so what Jesus is saying to us today is, if you say you love me, you'll obey me. The action of your obedience shows your faith. So much of the time when I was asking God for something that just was really, really evident, like a supernatural healing, I I shattered my kneecap and I didn't want to go to the hospital. I read what they did and how long I would be off my feet. And I believed him to heal me. And I was, I was having my foot up. I was taking all this Advil and um, I was doing faith action. I thought I was, I was taking care of my mom. I I just went about my daily stuff. But um, when I asked him what the problem was, when I asked him, I said, I need, at that time I ran and I said, I need to run down that road, Lord. And he said, what's stopping you? And so I got on my um, faith gear, I almost said, which is in my faith gear, my running gear. And I started going down the road. And um, I want to tell you before I left, my knee was swollen. It was hot. I was surprised I could run. And on my way back, he touched me. He touched me. The heat left. The pain left. I was freaking out. I'm like, my knee, my knee, it's not hot anymore. It's it's a regular size. And he touched me because of my faith action. He's going to touch you when you believe him. And your action to obey him is really the proof that you believe him, that you trust him. And so if he says to forgive someone, it's so he can answer your prayer, so he can do that good in, in your life that he wants to do. Ephesians 2.10, he recreates you in his likeness so that you can be like him and have all those blessings. He puts you on a path to go lead, lead you through that good life. And that good life is good here and leads to eternity when you leave here. So whatever it is that he asks you to do, even if it seems minute, you know, it just seems little and, and petty, it's important to him. It's important to him, the thing that he asked you to do. And the reason it is, is because there's a quality of living in heaven that is far above, more than you can ask or think, kind of life compared to what we live here. Forgiving is so important to him that he gave his son because he forgave you right? And so you got to forgive. Whatever he tells you to do, we read in James, it's about love. It's the most important command. And so everything he tells you to do, there is a reason of love behind it, whether it's to forgive or go visit that person you've been putting off and putting off because you just don't feel like it. It's no fun for you. But that person, maybe that person in the nursing home, gets a whole lot of joy when you visit her or him. And so when he asks you to do something, it, it's really you moving into his kingdom, doing things his way. 
Whatever it is that he asks you to do is going to be good, whatever it is. And sometimes what he asks you to do is really, really uncomfortable. It's way out of your comfort zone. And, you know, in that, all you have to do is say, okay, Jesus, I submit to you. I'm going to do that, but I can't do it without you. And he'll help you. All of a sudden, you'll be able to do that thing that you thought you could never do. I never thought I could get in front of a camera and be this comfortable. I was so uncomfortable, I didn't want to do it. Getting up in front of church, I didn't want to do it. Giving a word, I didn't want to do it. There's so many things that I just did not want to do. But I did it because I understood that if I didn't do it, I was breaking his heart. I was interrupting his plan. I wasn't caring about what he cared about. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, on all your soul, and all your mind. What he said that means? It means care about what he cares about. When there's somebody in your life you care about, you hurt when they hurt. He hurts when you hurt. That's why he did what he did, because we were hurting. That's why Jesus gave his life, because he wanted to hurt for us. He told me that. And so can't we care about what he cares about? And be a part of his life, not only so we can get blessed, but just because we love him. And when you when you love him and you start hearing his thoughts, his pain, his feelings, what's important to him, that person that you shunned that means the world to him, when you start feeling his feelings... It's just a whole different life that you live. And when you disappoint him, when you've ignored him, and he shows you how that hurt him. You know, the Bible says that he disciplines those that he loves. Um, Revelation 3.19 says he corrects us. And that correction kind of hurts because you, you see how how much you've disappointed him. And when he starts, when you get a little older in him and and um, he starts correcting you and he shows you his anger um, and how he's feeling, it really gets to you. Well, just the other day, I um, I did something I don't normally do. And I don't know what I why I did it, but I knew while I was doing it, it wasn't something that... I should be doing. And the next morning I was convicted and I could feel the Lord's like disappointment in me. And it just didn't go away and didn't go away. And I said, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. I repent. And you know what? It didn't seem to be good enough. I could still feel his sadness. And so I said, Lord, what can I do to make it better? And he actually told me what to do to make it right. And then after I did that, that weight of that sin was lifted from me. We are in a time of grace. But just think, if you can't hear him, if he's quiet, you don't know what's going on and you don't seek him, then you're going to have that conviction on that day, maybe when you're standing in in line to be judged. And you're going to know then 
And it's going to be too late. You're just going to say, I didn't know you. You practice lawlessness. You didn't care. A couple of years ago, I ignored a man on the street. He needed me. And Jesus convicted me the next morning. All I cared about was myself. But you know what? Because I asked him to correct me because I understand because of some things I've been through with him that um, I understand that if I'm not corrected, I'm living in the dark. And I'm not going to find out until that day that I displeased him, that I broke his law, and then it's going to be too late. You know, he's been showing me with every conviction, you know, he's coming. And if we don't obey him, we're going to hell. I I watched a few minutes of a lady on YouTube the other day. I didn't get back to it. But God took her to hell because she wouldn't forgive. God told my mom she wasn't ready for heaven because she wouldn't forgive. She's asking to go. He said, you're not ready. And he said, she's not ready because it's not his will, that one should perish. It's not his will that one should perish, not even one. And so that's why I'm here today to tell you the reason God is quiet is because you've disregarded his command. And you need to seek him and find out what he's thinking. Find out how you can make it right. Find out where you missed it. You know, I usually got a list of like four or five things. And as I was telling you, I, I say, yeah, I heard you, Lord. Yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I just don't make time to do it. You know, and I might say, well, I don't have time. I don't have time. And if you say that to him, he'll show you where you're wasting time and you really do have time to do it. And so that is the word I have for you today. If you never ask Jesus, come live on the inside of you. That's where it starts. You know, it's not a prayer. Many people just pray a prayer and they think, oh, I'm going to go to heaven now. But it's not. You got to commit to him. He calls us his bride and he's calling us to to be ready without spot or wrinkle. And he's getting the spots and the wrinkles out by showing us our sin. We got to live sin free. Maybe you're thinking, well, I can't live without sin. Yes, you can. If you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, he doesn't sin. And if you follow the lamb, wherever he goes, if you do what he tells you to do, you're going to be without sin. That was the purpose of him giving up his life. So he could do in us what we can do by by ourselves. In the Old Testament, they couldn't follow the Ten Commandments. We can. We've been set free from sin. Jesus gave up his life. And now you die to your old life and you live with him. And so that's what the prayer is about. You're asking him to come live on the inside of you and you're going to grow up. He's going to recreate you to be like him and you're going to follow those promptings. And if you don't follow those promptings, she's going to start getting quiet. And that's a clear sign that if he would come tomorrow, he'd have to say, I didn't know you. You quit following me. He knows who you are and he understands. And so he is going to keep prompting you. And every time that subject comes up, you're going to feel that little crunch like, oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. Don't put it off. Because if he comes while you're putting it off, you're in trouble. I got to get my list back out. I got, he showed me this morning, just this morning as I was preparing for this. Well, actually it started the last couple days. The things that I told him, that I was going to do that I didn't do. We got to get it right. 
He could be here tomorrow, next week. We don't know. I think we got a lot to do, but it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. We got to have the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ, so you can know what he's thinking. 1 Corinthians 2.16, for who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and the purposes of the Lord as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts and feelings and purposes of his heart. If you love him, you're going to obey him, and you're going to know what he's thinking. And he's not going to be quiet. He has a lot to say. He has so much to say. And so when you say that prayer, you're asking him to come live on the inside of you, and he's going to start sharing himself with you. The key is to heed his voice. He loves you dearly and tenderly, Revelation 3.19, and he corrects, convinces, instructs, disciplines those he loves. And so when you get disciplined, when you seek him, and, and why can't I hear you? And he corrects you, and you get that icky feeling, and it's because he loves you. He wants you to make it. He wants you to have eternal life. He doesn't want to say, I didn't know you, but he has to because he can't treat any of us differently than the other because he loves us all. Revelation 3.20, he said he wants to come live on the inside of you. If you heed his voice, he will. And so when you pray with me today, heed his voice. Commit that you're going to heed his voice. You're not going to go live like you lived before. It's not just a prayer. It's a commitment. I want to marry you. I want to live with you forever. I want to live in your kingdom. I want to live blessed when I go in and blessed when I go out. Um, Deuteronomy 28, if you fully obey the Lord your God, you'll be blessed in every part of your life. So pray with me. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to come live on the inside of us. We answer that knock on our door. We thank you and praise you that you would help us to heed your voice. Help us not to miss it. Help us to miss hell, but not miss your voice. Help us, Lord. Help us to make it. Help us to hear clearly what you're saying to us. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory in your name. So I say that all the time. Help me, Lord. Help me not to miss it. Because you know, when Jesus tells you to do something, Satan puts on so much pressure to get you to stop. That's the why, what the wide and the narrow path is about. There's pressure on the narrow path. When Jesus tells me to do something that's uncomfortable, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling the pressure. So, okay, I'll do what I need you to help me. And he will. He's so good. Now, don't forget to subscribe. Please subscribe and like my videos, and even share them so you can help share the word. It is so good to share the word, to let people know Jesus is coming, and we need to be ready. We need to be grown up and to be like him. And he wants us to live in his kingdom right here and right now and represent him by having our prayers answered, by having his good happen in our life. And that's why we got to obey him. So share it, like it, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Thank you.